Welcome to In the Wake with Whitney. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. Hi! (laughs) I am so happy to be back. Okay, okay. Before I dive into what I have been wanting to talk about for weeks now, it's been in the back of my mind. I want to talk briefly about my experience this weekend. So a couple weeks ago, my foundation and the stigma was invited to be a part of this run for mental health event. And I flew out to Utah to run a booth and speak about what ending the stigma even means. Public speaking is pretty anxiety provoking for me, but it's worth fighting the anxiety when I get chances to speak about my passions and share my story. Like, we're talking about a girl who sobbed for hours on her stairs over giving a four-minute speech in English class. And here I am, supposed to speak for 15 minutes at this event, okay? Big steps, guys. I'm a changed woman. (laughs) But along with my anxiety, I have perfectionistic tendencies. So they work hand-in-hand. If something big, like speaking, doesn't go perfect or I mess up, I can easily spiral down into a panic. So I had to be super cautious of that. The day slash night before the event, I got some bad news that just really knocked me off my feet. It sent me into a depressive state and I did not feel like waking up and going to this event to speak. So I had to set some boundaries with some loved ones of mine and create some self-discipline in order for me to refocus on the event and get in the right headspace to speak. I easily could have given up and threw in the towel, but I chose to fight. I chose to not give up. I chose to not allow bad news to steal me away from fulfilling my purpose and my passions. But I, I didn't just automatically feel like that on my own. I needed a little help to motivate me and pump me back up. Depression and bad news typically typically makes me, and most humans probably, isolate themselves. And there's a situation that triggers my depression or my anxiety, I just retreat. I want to isolate and not talk to anyone and not open up. But one of my coping mechanisms I've learned is connection and reaching out for help when I need it. Because if I isolate, I become stuck in a dark pit all alone. I become stuck in a dark pit all alone, and it's not fun. So as soon as I was feeling those things, I reached out. Every person that came out to support me, I gave them the biggest squeeze, sometimes multiple hugs, because I just needed it. I needed support. I needed to be surrounded by my people. I needed to feel their connection and their love. I also reached out to my best friend because she couldn't be there with me. And the day of the event, I was on the verge of tears because it was raining. 
and the whole event was outside. So I called my best friend, and I, I just told her I needed a pep talk. She was, she was the one that ignited my passion and motivation. And after talking to her, I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm a badass. <laughs> Along with that, another one of my best friends texted me knowing I was about to speak. And she just said, Whitley, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be done. She gave me that permission to not be perfect when I wasn't able to allow myself that same grace. And it gave me the push to stop obsessing and just get up there and do what I came to do. So then when I was starting to doubt myself, doubting my worth and my capability, my therapist also texted me, knowing I had a big day ahead and knowing my usual thought process. She said exactly what I needed to hear. She reminded me that it didn't matter who showed up. It doesn't matter how big or small my audience is. It doesn't matter how many followers or views or comments I have. All that matters is that I keep using my voice for good. And as long as I make a difference in one person's life, I have succeeded. I have fulfilled my purpose. I was convinced I just wasn't going to speak anymore. And I was at peace with it. It had rained an hour before I was supposed to speak. So half the people packed up and left, and that was pretty discouraging. So I was like, what's the point? I'm, I was like, I'm not going to do this. But there were still so many people there. I was so focused on who wasn't there that I could have missed out on the connections I made with the people present. So I checked myself before I wrecked myself. <laughs> okay, but best for last, the biggest takeaway was this 15, 16-year-old girl. I was sitting at my booth when this girl came up, and she said, Hi, this might sound creepy, but I follow you on Instagram, and I just love you. I listen to your podcasts, and I'm so obsessed. And first off, I could not stop laughing. It didn't just make my day. It made my world. I thought it was the cutest thing ever. She was running the, the relay for the event, and in between laps, she'd come stop by and talk to me some more. And Spencer came to support, and she came up to talk to me again and said, seriously, I've listened to every single episode, even the one on toxic masculinity. Even though it doesn't really apply to me, I still loved it. And I was like, guess what? This is Spencer from the toxic masculinity episode. And she just freaked out. She's like, oh my gosh, the rings? I imagined you with longer hair. He, he just buzzed his hair, by the way. He's a cutie. So we took a picture with her because she was just adorable. And then later on, when I was messaging her, she said, hey, if you ever need anything at all, I will always hold space for you because, you know, I learned that from your podcast. <laughs> Every time she just puts a big grin on my face. Anyway, this interaction made a deep impact on me. I've held it close to my heart these past couple days when I've been hurting. When I was doubting myself and panicking about speaking, she was right there giving me the biggest smile and thumbs up, just cheering me on. And it made a bigger impact than my best friends and family all there to support me. And I think that was because sometimes, even though I have this huge cheering section, my support system is amazing. 
there will be doubts that cross my mind like, oh, well, they're just biased. Like they have to love me. They have to be here for me. They, they talk me up. But I mean, that's, that's their job, which is my own insecurity talking. I love my su- support system. They, they do make a massive difference in my life. And I know their intentions are genuine. But there was something sacred and magical about this stranger, this random girl that came to cheer me on. She didn't have to be there. She didn't have to say those things out of obligation. She genuinely believed them. And it did wonders for my soul and really put things into perspective. You see, I have never heard from this girl before this day. I had no idea she existed. I had no idea she was supporting me, listening and learning from what I share. She doesn't comment on every single post, but she still showed up that day. She still was in my corner and I had a shift of perspective. I realized that my voice really does matter. I realized that I am making a difference even without the praise or likes or comments. Me showing up in every single moment, sends a ripple into the world. And it touches people, whether they openly admit that to me or not. It burned my passion even bigger, knowing that me as a human being, sharing my story and speaking my truths matters. It doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't always need recognition or praise to make a difference. Some of the biggest impacts I will leave, I won't even know about. The people won't tell me that it's made a difference in their life. So learning that from this sweet soul gave me a greater push to keep doing what I'm doing. Because it's hard sometimes, guys. It's scary and vulnerable and exhausting at times. But I know what I'm doing is right. It's needed. I am needed. I matter. My voice matters. My story matters. And so does yours. You truly never know the stranger on the street or in the grocery store or online needs to hear what you have to say or needs to see your smile or needs to feel your compassion. You as a human being are important to so many lives. So thank you, Erica. Thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for cheering me on. And thank you for being a light in my life. I I just love you, girl. (laughs) I'll be sending a package your way soon. Also, it's been two weeks since I've released a podcast episode, and I'm definitely feeling it. I've missed doing this. I have had so many different thoughts for the podcast throughout the weeks that I had to write down before I forgot but it's been the busiest two weeks. I didn't release one last week because I had tons going on. I was preparing for the event, writing my speech, then flying to Salt Lake. And on top of that, I finished school. So I had my final exams. I had to write a 15-page essay. And then I was also filming, editing, and producing a hashtag no filter video. And then I was preparing for three podcast interviews. So stay tuned for those. I'm really excited for them, by the way. And then, of course, going to work every day. So I had a lot on my plate that I wasn't able to squeeze in time for the podcast. I mean, I could have made time, but then I would either dread doing it or be extremely stressed while doing it. And I never want those feelings to be 
associated with the podcast. I want it to continue being a passion project instead of feeling like an obligation or a chore. And I also don't want to hit burnout. So in order to avoid that, I need boundaries and self-care. And last week, it just felt like a form of self-care to know when to take breaks and when to quit instead of overstimulating and overwhelming myself. All right, let's get into the me of it. So I have a lot of thoughts this week. I guess I'll start off by explaining how I even got to this topic. And after I give you the background information, I'll start diving into what this false sense of security even means. So bear with me for a second. So here's the thing. I finished high school. I completed my very last exam and turned in my 15-page essay, and I was free. Side note, I don't really know how I feel about being done with high school, but I'll most definitely let you know when I figure it out. With this stage I'm at in life, with graduating high school and moving on, starting adulthood, careers, all that jazz, I get asked these few questions a million times a day by family, by friends, by well-intentioned strangers. And these questions are making me grind my teeth a little bit, not gonna lie. I'm sure you can already guess. Where are you going to college? What are you doing with your life? What career are you pursuing? Where are you going to live? There's a few reasons why these questions are driving me up a wall. First, I'm not going to college. So when people just assume and expect and push and prod, I get a little annoyed. And then I get feeling insecure, as if I'm in the wrong and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, right? These conversations usually get awkward really fast. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to college. Oh, what am I doing? You know, we'll see. I'm just taking it one step at a time. What do I want to do? You see, a lot of things. I want to do just about everything. I have big dreams for myself, so taking it one step after the other in the direction I want to be. Then I get this look of confusion mixed with pity and a dash of uncomfortable. Because of that, I start feeling like I need to prove myself, like I need to explain myself so that people could just understand me rather than sit there sizing me up and misunderstanding every single thing. These conversations exhaust me to the core, and sometimes they leave me doubting myself. Second reason why these questions drive me up a wall is I hate the underlying meaning to them. I really don't like how we as a society have deemed people good enough or worthy enough or smart enough by what they are doing. What they are doing. You know, if you are going to Harvard or Oxford or you're a doctor or a lawyer, you are deemed as successful and living your best life, right? If you dream to be an artist or musician or don't plan to go to college, you're deemed as being unrealistic or careless about your future. I know these are such basic examples, but I'm trying to set up a picture here because everyone can understand or relate to those vague examples. But my point is, I do not like being belittled to what I'm doing or rather not doing. I am not defined by what I do. 
And these questions don't just come up when you're fresh out of high school and college. You hear these all the time as adults at the grocery store, dinner parties, family reunions. The first question you usually get asked when you meet someone or reunite with someone is, what do you do? And then there are immediate judgments made about your character and your lifestyle based off the answer to that one question. I like to rephrase that question to, what's your story? Who are you? You see, I want to get to know the raw pureness of the human being, not the labels and boxes and stereotypes that human beings are put into. And the third reason I just dislike these questions is probably the fact that I can't answer them. I'll get deeper into this in a minute, but I don't know where I'll be in a year. So I can't give an honest, straightforward answer. I can't give you a nice one-word answer that will make sense to you, that you can wrap your mind around and feel good about. So when I answer by saying, you know, I, I just don't know. We'll see where life takes me. It frustrates people because it makes them feel stressed out for me. Like they start giving me suggestions as to what I can do or throwing out so-called good options I can look into. People have told me I'm being unrealistic or I'm being careless or I'm throwing my life away. People try to plan my life for me because they are uncomfortable that I don't have this detailed step-by-step plan for my life. So when I first answered their question about college by just saying, I'm not going, they start digging. Well, what are you doing then? Oh, I'm working this summer and working on some passion projects. Okay, but what are you doing after that, of course? Well, I'm moving to China for a few months. I mean, what are you actually doing? What's after China when your real life starts? Guys, I'm not even kidding with these conversations. They really play out like this. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And maybe you've experienced them. You know, the nosy questions when people want you to just figure your life out already. Where are you going to college? What career are you pursuing? When are you going to find a husband and get married? When are you going to start having kids already? Maybe you have noticed. Maybe you haven't. I watch as everyone around me plans out their lives. They plan every little detail, where they'll go to college, what career they'll go into, how much money they'll make, what age they'll get married, how many kids they'll have, where they'll live, etc., etc. People plan out their lives as if it's set in stone. They plan according to the shoulds and the supposed tos set by society standards. They plan so they can answer these questions as to what they will do with their lives. But here's the thing. We plan out our whole lives, but you know what we don't plan? We don't plan for the trials, the bumps in the road, the plot twists that turn our lives around and upside down and completely ruin or disrupt that step-by-step plan of what we believe our lives should look like. You don't plan to get laid off your dream job. You don't plan to get divorced to to the love of your life. 
You don't plan to not be able to have children. You don't plan to become an addict. You don't plan to be sexually assaulted. You don't plan to be in your 30s and still single. You don't plan to lose a loved one to, too soon to death. You don't plan for mental illness. You don't plan to be broke and homeless. Because that's the thing. We have no idea where life is going to take us. We have no idea what will happen or what won't end up happening. You hear so many older people say that their life never went according to plan, and it's far from what they imagined it would be, both good and bad. So all of the planning and stressing and trying to figure things out just seems like a huge waste of time to me, and I'm already busy as is. I don't have time to waste my energy by trying to figure out the details. It's lost energy and lost moments. You could be soaking up right where you are. I've thought about this a lot, and there seems to be this false sense of security in planning out your life. But that sense of security you get from having things seemingly figured out is just an illusion. In reality, nothing is quite secure because your life can change in the blink of an eye. You can get life-changing, life-altering news, good or bad, at any waking moment, any second, which is kind of scary, but it's also freeing. You see, I watch so many people settle. We settle for safe and comfortable. We settle for this false sense of security in doing the right thing. We settle for what has seemingly worked, or at least looks like it has worked from the outside eye, and we follow that. We follow what society expects from us. We follow the norms, because those bounds are safe, and it's already a beaten path. We follow the shoulds and supposed tos. We follow the, the opinions, said or unsaid, of those around us. So when someone dreams big or lives life outside of the norms, it makes everyone else a bit uncomfortable. It may cause jealousy or insecurity or regret from those that have settled into a seemingly safe and secure life plan. At least that's what I've experienced recently because at this stage of my life, I, I'm going in an opposite direction as everyone else. When all the other kids my age are going to college, I'm dreaming up bigger and better things for myself. And college just wasn't required for my dreams. But, you know, it's, it's not a secure dream. It's a risky dream. But it's an exhilarating, liberating, and freeing path. It's free from the constraints and the bounds of the plan that society has set. But I didn't always have this mindset. The Whitley today would have given the Whitley from a year or two years ago a massive headache from a spinning panic attack. Because planning is something that gives me anxiety. Or rather, in order to avoid having anxiety, I overplan. And then the anxiety hits when the plan doesn't work out. And my sense of safety and security is wiped right out from under me. And then, of course, I spiral into a panic attack. All of that trying to avoid the anxiety and avoid that insecurity 
comes full circle and I end up in anxiety attack anyway because my false sense of security is wiped out from under my feet. And I, I've been at the opposite, opposite extremes. I used to cling to my plans for life with white knuckles and tight fists. I tried to control every twist and turn and control every outcome and every relationship. And then when life didn't go according to plan, all hell broke loose. My need to control does the opposite, causing me to spin out of control. I get disappointed, exhausted, and overwhelmed. I just kept doing this for years. I tried to plan every second of my life, but that wasn't working out too great for me, obviously. I kept trying and trying, but I was never content. I was never satisfied or happy because life and I were never on the same plane. Life had a different idea than my plan, so I had to try something else. For once in my life, I loosened my grip. I relaxed my plans. And I decided to just trust in the process and trust in what life had in store for me. And turns out, life isn't all that bad when I let go. If what I'm saying right now is really resonating with you, I want you to try something. Squeeze your fists so tight clench and grip and fight so hard that your knuckles turn white. Just squeeze them with all the life you have. Then release. Open your palms and feel the blood run back through your fingers and the energy coursing through your skin. Doesn't that feel so much better? Doesn't it make you feel so much more alive and less tense? When you have that plan for your life, you feel in control. When you are squeezing your fists, it feels safe. We think we have to figure out our lives because then we will be less stressed and less overwhelmed. But really, you'll only feel seemingly less stress and overwhelmed for the time being because down the road, your detailed plans are creating more negative emotions Worse than your fleeting stress or overwhelm. Feelings of disappointment, failure, inadequacy. Because newsflash, your life just isn't going to go according to plan. Nothing will. And if you set these expectations and limitations for yourself, you're limiting your happiness. Creating these plans is basically like saying, If this doesn't happen on my timeline, in these fine print details, I will not be happy or I will not be successful. When your false sense of security in planning out your life is swiped out from under you, you'll start spinning, not knowing what to do with yourself. Does that make sense? Well, I guess you can't really respond to me anyway, so I hope it makes some sense. This is why, for the sake of my mental health, I no longer live my life through these plans, constraints, guides, shoulds, and supposed tos. It's too anxiety-provoking. Over a year ago, I had at least one panic attack a day. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being overdramatic. I would hyperventilate and sob and spin and panic every single day sometimes multiple times a day, 
because my life was not going according to plan at all. I planned to have so much fun in high school. I expected to have the best friends in the world and go on exciting adventures. I planned to be full of school spirit and love going to school every day. I expected to date a cute, nice boy and have a perfect relationship. I planned to have the best senior year ever and do all of the fun school events for the last time. I have the biggest bucket list for my last year. I expected to go to some college out of state and continue living my best life. But I didn't get any of that high school experience. My plan was so off course. I hated high school. It was a dark, dark place for me, and I dreaded waking up every day. I had zero friends half of my high school years. I was deep in a sexually and mentally abusive relationship. And I ended up leaving my high school by senior year, and I did online school. And I'm not planning on going to college. But I have never felt more myself, more alive, more free than ever before. Because I stopped these plans and expectations right in their tracks. I had the best senior year ever, not even going to school. But never would I have imagined I would be here. And that's the faulty thing with plans. Sometimes you can't even imagine what your life could look like. So how can you plan for something you don't even know is possible for you? But that's the beauty of it. One of the affirmations that my life coach and role model, Stephanie Don Elizabeth, taught me is this or something better. So I can dream up all sorts of things, but life could give me something even better that is beyond my imagination. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. Okay, before I get you too confused, let me clarify something. There is a difference between making goals or dreams and setting expectations or living your life according to the shoulds or supposed tos. Goals and dreams don't have limitations or constraints to them. They are open-minded and wide range. I have a goal to write a book one day. I dream of making an impact on this world by sharing my truths. I have a goal to become the best version of myself each day. I dream of traveling and exploring different cultures. But if I rephrase these goals and dreams with limits and expectations, watch how they change and how it becomes a negative connotation. I have to write a best-selling book by age 30. I need millions of followers on Instagram to make an impact or else I have failed at my purpose. I have to become the best version of myself. I have no room to fall short. I am not successful or making anything of my life until I have enough money to travel the world all the time. These might be a little extreme, but when we plan out our lives, we are holding ourselves to these extreme standards, whether we verbalize it or realize it or not. So when I say that I no longer plan out my life day by day, year by year, Most people think I'm just directionless, unmotivated, and floating. 
People assume that I am unrealistic, lazy, and again, throwing my life away. But that's not what I mean. I have so many dreams. I could talk your ear off for hours. I have so many goals that I'm working towards. I am far from unmotivated. I am the exact opposite, actually. Quite driven. I am a dreamer, and I am determined to live anything but a mediocre life. But when people learn that I am not going to college or that I can't give them an answer as to where I will be a year from now, they become uncomfortable, anxious, or stressed for me. But here's a little advice, really for myself. No one else can tell you if you're on the right path or not. No one else can determine what's best or what's not right for you. No one can tell you that you're being foolish or unrealistic or unwise about the direction you are taking in life because no one knows but you. People speak to you disguised as loving concern or care or looking out for you, but in reality, what they are doing is projecting their own fear, their own uncomfortableness, their own false sense of security and pushing it on you. They're speaking their fears masked as this loving concern, but call it what it is, fear. Fear that if you try anything outside of the ordinary or you create your own path, you have the chance to fail. You have more of a risk because you're not following the tried and true means. Don't allow others' fear or doubt to cloud your unwavering peace or faith or trust in something. If you feel that it's right for you, then block out the outside noise of the world. Block out the shoulds and supposed tos. That being said, it's the perfect transition into what it means to have true security in self. I've talked about this false sense of security of of controlling your life plan. So if that's not secure, you might ask, what is? It's kind of terrifying thinking that everything and everyone in your life isn't 100% for certain. You could lose your house, your job, your car. You could lose your mom, your spouse, your best friend. The only truly safe and secure thing you can count on is yourself. A huge takeaway I've learned in therapy is resilience. By building this mental resilience, I have found a security in myself, knowing that whatever happens, I am capable. I am capable of overcoming it. I can do hard things. I can achieve great things. I can survive the trials that come my way. I really like what Ashley Lemieux says in her new book, Born to Shine. She states, We don't get to choose what happens around us, but we do have power over what happens inside of us. And that's what I mean when I say security and self. It means that you are trusting the process, and in doing so, you are trusting your capability to be resilient through anything that life throws your way. It's trusting that what's meant for you will come to you, and what's not meant for you will not work out. The thing is, there is no security in anything or anyone. There is only security in yourself. It scares the majority of people, but it's the truth. And I've decided that instead of being in in denial of that, I'm going to accept that truth and let it free my mind and spirit.
as I have battled my need or addiction to feeling in control, I've learned that surrendering control is how I gain control. Side note, I'm talking a lot about control, but if you want to go deeper into that, listen to my past episode called Navigating Control. Anyway, when I trust myself, when I trust my higher purpose, when I trust the pain and the joy, I have unwavering peace. When I say I trust myself, I mean that I have done the inner work. I have taken the time to get to know myself, get to know my needs and wants, my likes and dislikes, my dreams and fears. And through all of that inner work, I trust my inner voice. I trust my intuition. I have a deep security in who I am. I have a deep knowing of my capability and potential. I have a deep faith in my future. As I have found security in who I am, I have found security in my future. As long as I continue being the best version of myself and I continue learning and growing and I continue doing the inner work, I will be led where I need to go. I will be okay. I am now living in the coulds, not shoulds. This means that I am not shaming myself into what I should do with my life or what I'm supposed to do. Instead, I am rephrasing it into what I could do. I could go to college or I could travel. I could get married or I could stay single. You get the point. So the opposite of security is insecurity, of course. Before I developed this security in self, I doubted myself a lot. I knew that I didn't want to go to college. I knew it wasn't for me, and it wasn't part of my future. But every time I got bombarded with those pesky questions, I either made excuses or lied or turned the conversation around. I would start questioning whether what I was doing was right or not. Every time someone asked a question, it sent me spinning into confusion and doubt because I was putting my weight in the false sense of security. I felt good and at peace about not going to college until someone tried to force their concern and so-called love onto me. As I got more and more confident in myself and my inner voice, I started answering with a surety, with no sense of self-doubt or dumbing myself down. I tell it how it is now. Okay, so I saved the best content for last. If you have tuned out the whole episode or you've been confused, hi, I hope you get something out of this. As I have loosened my grip and let go of control, I have lived by Glennon Doyle Mountain's philosophy of next right thing, one thing at a time. I live every day repeating that to myself. When I start getting caught up in trying to guess and plan for the future, I calm myself down by saying, I just have to do the next right thing, one thing at a time. I just have to do the next right thing for today and only one at a time. Instead of being overwhelmed by the millions of things I think I need to figure out, 
for the future. I'm just taking one step after the next in the direction I want to go. First was sharing my story, then working for my foundation, then starting a podcast, then becoming a life coach. And my next right step is going to China to teach little kids English. And after that, I don't know because I'm focused on the next right thing, one thing at a time. The point is, I just keep getting to know myself and following my inner voice and intuition to guide me where I need to go. I can't plan too far into the future because I will be a whole different person by then. And who knows what I will what will be right for me at that point. I can only know once I get there. I believe that the universe or God, I use them interchangeably, by the way. So whatever you believe in, instead of turning off at the sound of a label I use, fill in the blank with what you believe. Modify what I am saying to fit you and your beliefs. Anyway, I believe that the universe is not working against you. I believe that the universe is working for you. Things are working out exactly the way they need to be, even if they are not working out according to your personal plan. I have found that sometimes my plan and God's plan don't match up. And so I have to let go of my own plan and just trust in whatever plan was set for me by my higher power. I saw a quote that called this a divine intervention. It means that the roadblock, detour, obstacle, change in direction were all actually saving you from a life that was less than you're worthy of. And that perfectly sums up how your plan for life is just a joke. (laughs) Because the universe will just throw a divine intervention to lead you to what's your true purpose. God is working in your favor, saving you from something you can't see. And even though it might feel like it's a roadblock or change in direction according to your plan, it was the right direction all along. And that is a truly freeing thought. So on that note, this week's song is called Free Life by Dan Wilson. The lyrics read, Let's take a little trip down where we used to go. It's way beyond the strip, a place they call your soul. We'll sit down for a while and let the evening roll. Don't worry about the time, we'll find a place to stay. The people around here seem familiar in some way. Look kind of like we did before we got so cold. And in the air, the questions hang. Will we get to do something? Who we gonna end up being? How we gonna end up feeling? What you going to spend your free life on? Free life. Let's fall in love again with music as our guide. We'll raise our ready hands and let go for the ride. Down into unknown lands where lovers need and hide. We got these lives for free. We don't know where they've been. We don't know where they'll go when we are through with them. A starlight of the sun, the dark side of the moon. It seems so long ago, those empty afternoons, with nowhere much to go and nothing much to do, but sit up in my room and let the world unfold. In the air, the questions hang. Will we get to do something? End up being, end up feeling. 
what you're going to spend your free life on. So I really, really like this song. I think it is probably the most perfect fit. In particular, I like I like the word free. I think that's a perfect word to sum up this entire episode. Is free. And the lyrics describe being free. When you let the evening roll, when you don't worry about the time, when you let go for the ride down into unknown lands, we don't know where they'll go when we are through with them. I just think that's really cool. Take a listen to that song. Let me know what you think. And just take it next right thing, one thing at a time. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time.